We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. PK with the question, will Tobias Merriweather break through with a couple catches this week? It seems Great House has the knack to find the open territory on the field. So couple, these are two different questions I take him as. I, I, I hope so. I hope Tobias gets going. They're going to need this him. Sh- this should be the confidence building yeah. game, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, they're going to need him. And and Great House has a knack for finding the open up territory in the field. Sure, he, sure yes, does. he does. Sure does. I still will say this, Ryan. Yeah, the touchdown was great, but Jaden's going to have to learn that worked against Navy. You're, you better snap that top end off better against Ohio State, against Clemson, against USC, against Duke, against NC State. He just kind of drifted to the middle, and Sam threw a great ball, and he was going against an inferior defensive player. You yeah. try running that route against some kids at NC State, they're stepping in front of that ball maybe and knocking it down or picking it off. Like You, you better do a better job on your top end of getting separation – and that's the stuff as a coach that you got to look at and say, hey, great job against this team, you know, or great result against this team. But hey, man, let's get in the film room and, and let me show you why that route can't be how you run it next time. When we go down to Raleigh, I need you to 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 play this, to run this top end better. And that goes down to Ryan, what I've always said is it's the result can't be the thing that determines your takeaway from a particular play. Cause you talked about it earlier yeah, you did this where you had a bad release and you didn't stack the guy and you did all this. You just mossed him because he's not nearly as good as you. Yeah, that's great today, but guess what? That doesn't work in two weeks when you're, you know, in NC State next week or in three weeks against Ohio State or against, you know, that. that's the whole point is, does it translate? And so I'll say is that there were some things that worked on Saturday that you say, hey, you got to be sharper with that. But that's kind of what I like to talk, to see, Ryan, because they didn't play a perfect game. They didn't really play anywhere close to a perfect game, and they dominated. That's a. Some of y'all might be taking this as like, why are you being critical? No, this is as a coach, this is a great thing. You don't want to like, well, we we hit, we peaked in week one, we peaked. Can't play any better than this. There's a lot of stuff they can still clean up, and when you just destroy the team like the way that you did, and what's funny is Ryan, the one time Notre Dame got a short field, they didn't score. I know. <laughs> like, their it's drives terrible. were all like drives. I mean, they put drives together. The one time they got a, a ball in deep in Navy territory, they ended up missing a field goal. 
So it was a great performance in, in that regard. The thing I was excited about is, well, there's a lot to still improve upon, which is good because that means this team can still get better and better and better. And that's kind of a scary thought if they're able to do that because they were pretty darn good in week one. They, they really were. were. They were. And I, I love Jaden Greathouse's commentary when they asked him. I, I think, well, it was the mic'd up thing on the sideline or whatever, where he was just like, I, I made my release. I got past the kid real quick. And he's like, I've never seen green grass like that in my life. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah pretty much, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just ran to green yep. grass, man. <laughs> yep. Adam Shipley, what's the biggest difference you notice game plan wise with Parker compared to a Tommy Reese game plan? Didn't feel like Reese had the best plan against an inferior team. What I liked about the game plan and, and what was unique, and, and this isn't better or worse, I just focus on the difference. I thought Notre Dame found more ways to go at Navy in this game. That was the thing I was most impressed by. They ran four run plays in this game. That's it. They ran inside zone. They ran duo. They ran counter with the, the counter heavy, and they ran one power play. That was on the, the one-yard line. They ran power out of – 13 like 13 personnel with an extra offensive lineman on the field that's it they did it a lot of different ways right they got to the inside zone and do a lot of different ways but they they had those runs they didn't run a lot of different runs but they had so many more counters off of it where last year they'd spend so much time thinking of all these different ways to run the same play and it's like that's great but what are your counters off of it what are you using what are you using those things to then set up other opportunities and they never did that you know, just the different ways they beat the blitz. I mean, they beat the blitz with runs. They beat the blitz with perimeter screens out of the backfield, perimeters, quick perimeter hitting, quick hitting perimeter screens to receivers. We remember the Deion Colsey tunnel, but remember, Ryan, they had a 19-yard gain on a tunnel, I think, in the first quarter to Jaden Thomas on that same concept. Um, they did it with snag routes. They did it with option routes. They did it with seam routes. They did it with Mac Max Pro they just attacked Navy's weaknesses in so many different ways or, uh, excuse me, Navy's strength in so many different ways that they were just ahead of Navy the whole game. And guys, I know that it's Navy, but this is a staff that knows how to go at you with the blitz. They do. And so for them to be able to, to have the success that they did going at them the way that they, I mean, that to me was the biggest thing is just having a, a staff that was able to just be so ahead of an opponent and attack them in so many different ways, not with a million different plays, but just getting into those plays, the timing of when to call certain things I thought was excellent. I was very, very impressed by that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jim Halloran asks, is there a tendency concern to get sloppy in technique when the talent level gap is so large? There can be, Jim. It depends on the team. Some teams are a little bit less mature. Uh, they don't necessarily have the same focus, and that's why we talked about what we did at the beginning is, look, you're you're in these some of these opponents, and there, there can be a tendency with certain teams to – not be as locked in, not be as focused, maybe not play with the same ferocity, maybe not play with the same consistency, physicality, whatever the case may be. And that's what we're going to learn if this team is that or if they're a team that says, hey, look, we don't care who the opponent is. We're going to go out there and we're going to we're going to play our game of football and we're going to beat you with our game of football. And I'm, I think if they do that, they'll be fine. I think they'll come out and dominate the way that they need to dominate. And we'll find out which one it is. Ray Holcroft says, how critical is it for Steve Angeli to get significant playing time this weekend and which backup players and position groups need some quality playing time in your opinion? Uh, How critical is it? Yeah, look, a game like this, it's more critical than it was last week for Navy, in my opinion. I, I didn't really have a problem with Notre Dame keeping their starters in a little bit longer. It's game one. You've got a game the next week that you know you're going to dominate. You're not going to be able to get them a ton of reps. So then you're going into NC State, and your starters have basically played, what, a half, um, you know, against, um, you know, Navy, and then a, you know, two or two, a half against Tennessee State, and then a half against, you know, Navy, you know, two, a, two, a, you know, two and a half quarters against Navy, whatever the case may be. And then you're going into NC State, and your guys haven't been able to really play anything close to a full game. I, Navy was your chance to, to as much as you could do that. And they took advantage of it. So this week's a little different. This is a much inferior opponent. You've got that other game under your belt. You know, you were able to get your starters to 50 snaps because if they would have taken them out the second to last series, they would have been in the forties and snaps. That's it. And they were at least able to get them into the fifties and snaps this week. You want to have Steve run the offense. You know, hopefully you get Steve and Kenny Minchie a chance to run it, but definitely you need Steve if he's your backup right now to run it. You know, other guys that I think it's critical to get playing time. If, if they're healthy, I'd love to see Drake Bowen and, and, uh, and Jaden Osbury get playing time this week. I think it's very important for them to get playing time this week because they're, they're depth players for you. I think it's important, you know, to get junior to Alamaca and Josh Burnham, some second half playing time. So even if you go to your second group, I'm still playing those guys. Uh, that that I think that's an important group. There's some young linemen. I want to get Billy Shrouth a lot of reps this week. Uh, the receivers, I think, still are. It's an opportunity to get some of those guys playing time. Get Rico Flores going. You know, get uh, you know maybe get Braylon James some playing time. And then the last one to me is the secondary. I, 
I want to get Thomas Harper a lot more reps this week since he didn't get to play a lot last week. I think we'll see more nickel at a Notre Dame this week than we saw at a Notre Dame last week. I think that's going to be important, an important part of it. So there's just things like that to me that are going to be, um, are going to be very important pieces to Notre Dame being able to get rocking and rolling moving forward. And that's part of that building depth thing that we talked about at the beginning, Ray is, you know, that's an important piece. Donovan Heinish. I want to get Donovan Heinish a lot of reps in this game. I don't really care that Howard Cross. If I if I could only if I could get away with Howard Cross only playing ten to fifteen rep, reps in this game, I would do it in a heartbeat. Because you know who Howard Cross is. Do you really need him to do anything against Tennessee State? No. I want him healthy. I want Riley Mills healthy. You know. So if, if Riley has like two good series to start the game off with, I'd pull him. Honestly. And say, you know, okay, yeah, you you did your thing. Let's get somebody else some work and save you, get you healthy for next week against NC State. Sure. Well, I Brian, I think also on like that the on that conversation note, right? It's like Gabriel Rubio played really well week one, right? Really well. But I've always talked about this: the differences between the Notre Dames over past years and the Georges, for instance, the Alabamas in their heyday is they could just throw waves at you, right? And all due respect, Gabriel Rubio is a real good football player, and I love that he's a part of the rotation more, especially this year. But if a Georgia lost to Gabriel Rubio, there would be another Gabriel Rubio coming up right after him. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. they would have that depth piece. that That's the uncommon part of their game. So you need to be able to create that depth because if you lose Gabriel Rubio, a guy like a – a Heinish, Donovan Heinish needs to come in and be able to give you valuable reps. You know, if, right. if that's him, if that's Tyson Ford, if that's, you know, uh, one of the, Devin Houston, like whoever it is, you need to be able to create that depth. And I think that this is a perfect opportunity to create depth if you're Notre Dame. So I think that that is a significant opportunity that Notre Dame has this week. And, uh, but it's a great question, Ray. Absolutely great question. So Bobby S said, I saw what Nolan's mom put on Facebook. Do you expect him to play this year, special teams or back in the mix at linebacker? I hope so. But honestly, right now, as I've said before, until he's officially like back, back to practicing and a part of the team, my thing is just getting Nolan right. That's all I really care about. And so obviously his mom shared a little bit more light. Now you guys have a little bit more insight on it. Uh, Nolan had a, a surgery, a, an elective surgery after the spring. and coming out of it there just were a lot of issues that came up out of it that uh, are still affecting him and he's just battling back from it so um, just praying for the kid and hope that he gets back i mean the football part will take care of itself i just want the kid to be okay and honestly i mean not that it's i mean it's bobby it's a fair question to ask a lot of people are excited about nolan it's a very fair question to ask just for me I just don't even feel right talking about him in football right now. I just want to make sure the kid's okay. Once we find out he's okay and he's back at it, then we can talk about what he needs to do to get back on the field and what he sure. can or can't provide this year. But it's a fair question. Please don't take me as as any way disparaging your question. I, it, I'm just giving you my personal opinion. I just I don't feel um, right discussing that right now. Ryan, if you do, go for it. But I just for me, I just want to focus on the kid getting right. That's yeah. my that's my priority. I agree. I agree. We lose the we lose the human element too much right. in these conversations, and right. Yeah, and, and again, Bobby, it's a fair question because I know, like I said, I know a lot of people were excited about Nolan. So please don't take my comment to say your question isn't fair. I just I'm just saying for me and my answer, I'm just I'd rather just say, hey, look, let's just let's just get the kid right first, and then we'll figure out so, that other stuff out. Bobby S says, "What's the latest with Gerby Lambert's, and do you expect a commitment in the next few weeks?" 
man, if I, had a, if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me about Gerby Lambert on the message board or on the podcast, I would be a rich person at this point. Obviously, yeah. I'm joking, Bobby. I know it's a fair question. Look, we, we have made a statement that we believe Notre Dame is still in a very good spot with Gerby Lambert. They have been for several weeks, for a couple months, actually, if we're being completely honest with ourselves. Yeah. We expect that, that a decision will be coming sometime in the near future before his season starts. I think some people kind of misunderstood that before the season starts as before Notre Dame season starts. No, his first game is the 7th of September. So I would expect that a decision would be made before his senior season officially kicks off. So a couple more weeks. Maybe. Here, folks. Actually, yeah. a little bit over. Maybe. I, 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 I but still I, don't think it's going to go into the season. But I think there's a difference between a decision and an announcement, and I'll just leave it at that. Sure. Sure. Right. And I've, we've said that this is a different kind of kid and what, how we think he may should, should handle it may not be how he cares to handle it. So right. uh, I'll just say this. I'm not worried about that. I feel very good about where Notre Dame stands. And if I don't, I'll let y'all know. I right. promise. So, yeah. Josh Buffo, the motivational business banker, says the linebackers having a great first game and hopefully season – how much, in your opinion, would go to Max Bulla? I think he was a great hire for Notre Dame. Thank you again for everything you all do. I, I don't think you can take away that. I mean, he's the basically the de facto linebackers coach. And so if the linebackers played well, I think he deserves credit for that. If they'd have played poorly, I would have said, hey, you know, he didn't get him ready to play. I think it's twofold. I think, you know, having a, a linebackers coach with just more experience as a coach there's no disputing James Laronitis' football knowledge, Ryan. But you also know that there's a big difference between being knowledgeable and knowing how to impart knowledge. That 100%. can sometimes come with a little bit of time. And so that's kind of where he's got to get to. But uh, Max Bulla has more of that. You know, he coached with Nick Saban for two years. But I also think that we need to give Al Golden some credit for that too because the plan was very sound and the linebackers knew exactly where to go. Now, they didn't always do what they were supposed to do when they got there. That's part of the game. But the the, the linebackers were confident in what they were supposed to do. That was not the case last sure. year. And and so he gets credit for that, too. And he spends a lot of time with the linebackers in practice as well. So we can't – We I think both of them – I think they work well together. I'll say okay. that right now, at least for one game and what we've seen in practice. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more confident that they're going to be prepared to play at a higher level this season than what we saw, than what we saw last year. In my view, yeah, I, I've, I've been impressed just in a in a vacuum with Max Bola so far, because I mean, to your point, Brian, like a lot was on his plate when he first got here. Right. Yeah. It's like linebacker group needed to play better from last year. You're the guy that's kind of the missing piece. Right. To hopefully get them moving in a better direction along with Al Golden. And also he got he came right in in the midst of the Kingston Villiamo Asa recruitment, too. And it's just yeah. like you got to go get back to him, man. Help us out. Like you got to impress that family really quickly. And judging by. His mother's conversation with me the other day on the podcast, Max Bulla had a big role and yeah. really that family very shortly, right? So he needs credit for helping to land Kingston, the biggest recruit in the class for Notre Dame from the linebacker position. And also he needs a lot of credit because the linebackers seem like they are better prepared and more technically sound than they were last year, which is good yep. so far. Agree. Next question is from D Troll Hunter who says, I think of I, I think I kind of think of Navy could be oh, sorry, let me replace. I think why can't I read? I can't I kind of think Navy could be competitive at the FCS level. And with a new blocking rules, I think they will not be able to compete again seriously at the FBS level. I don't necessarily agree with that. 
I, I think if they run it right, because here's the thing, it hasn't stopped Air Force from being pretty good. Air Force has been really good, man. Troy, Cal- yeah. is there a, Troy Calhoun is one of the most underrated coaches Top in college five football, man. Easily. He's a very good coach. Yes. Very good coach. Top, and, and, and I would argue this. He plays in a, in a very competitive league as well. We don't talk about the Mountain West anymore. Yeah, because some of the bigger names aren't in it, but that's still a good league. And you're talking about a team that in the last four years, they've won 11, 10 and 10 games. The only year they didn't win that many games was the COVID year. They went three and three. They've won their last four bowl games. You know, I mean, so Air Force is a good football team. They are. The issue with Navy is not 2021, Ryan. They beat a really good San Diego State team. Remember that? That was your San Diego State won 12 games. Air Force beat them that year. They beat Louisville in a bowl game that year. They beat Boise State on the road that year. They're an option team. Now, they do their option differently, but they they beat Baylor last year, Ryan. They smacked Baylor in a bowl game, beat Colorado by 31, and destroyed Northern Iowa, a a really good FCS team last year. So, um, you know, look, I, I think the issue isn't the rules. I think the issue is that Navy just has not been able to, for whatever reason, get the right quarterback. I mean, that's really what it boils yeah. down to. Uh, and, and this has been true for a while. Go look at the period in between Keenan Reynolds and Ricky Dobbs. Wasn't yeah. a great Navy period. It wasn't. And and so, uh, you know, to me, Ryan, that's the key. They've never been a team. You know, they, they've got to do a better job getting players and things like that. And, and all that's true. But, like, you look at 2009 and 2000, 2010 – they were 19 wins in two years with Ricky Dobbs. Same staff the next year, they went five and seven because they didn't have a very good quarterback. The next year, they were eight and five. And, and then what helped them? They started the season one and three. What helped them that year? They made a change of quarterback, right? And then you go out to 2013, and all of a sudden, they're a good football team again. Why? Said Keenan Reynolds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fire. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you just, you, you go 2018 Navy stunk again. You remember how bad they were in 2018? They were not good at all, like at all. And then 2019, they came out. Let's just actually look specifically 2018. They went three and 10. They were, they were not good and they weren't very good at quarterback. They had this kid at slot back. That was really dynamic the next year they made the decision that they honestly should have made at the beginning of the year before. And they put Malcolm Perry at quarterback. And the next year they went out and went 11 and two, their only losses that year, Ryan were at Memphis and at Notre Dame. That's it. Yeah. And Memphis that year was 12 and two played Penn state in the cotton bowl. Malcolm Perry was one of those rare slot backs that went like over a thousand yards too. Like yeah. he was a rare athlete yeah. for that system. He was legit. I mean, so it, it really does come down to that. Like, their fullback's pretty good. Their offensive lines, it's not a great Navy offensive line, but it's not bad. Their receivers aren't as good as they were, like, in that Jamar Tillman era, but this is kind of what they normally have at receiver. The difference is they don't have a Ricky Dobbs, Keenan Reynolds, Malcolm Perry quarterback. That That's right. what it comes down to. And the difference is, in my opinion, Ryan, because Navy runs so much veer – the way that they do it, they're more dependent on the quarterback run. Army's more of a midline team. They're not as dependent on the quarterback run. They're more of a fullback pitch type of option team. 
Air Force is a completely different type of offense. And and so those are all aspects of it that uh, to me are make it different where Navy doesn't Air Force doesn't need a quarterback that's Keenan Reynolds, Malcolm Perry, Ricky Dobbs. Right. On it's it's they 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 are a team that can go from really bad to really good in one year with a change of quarterback. That's it. And we've seen that happen. And and so I think that's that's what's missed. And I, you know, do the do, do the new rules impact them? I think so, but I think the biggest thing hurt Navy is the, is is what we talked about. It's the quarterback. Like I'll say this, yeah. Ryan. There was a few plays that if they had a Malcolm Perry quarterback on Saturday, would have gone big. It just it's just a different animal. It really yeah. is. But I would agree with T Troll in the sense that they would be not only very competitive on the FCS yeah. level, they would be a very good yes. team on the FCS level yes. consistently. So yep, absolutely. They would be but, Kennesaw State, but better in my opinion. I just think they can still be a, a good FC FBS opponent. I, I think the biggest, you know what I think the biggest change that's hurt Navy, Ryan, I've said this before, it's going to the AAC. That really hurt them because they were pretty good in that league the first couple of years. But the thing about Navy, they'd never been in a league before. And yeah. so now there's a book on them that's a little easier to decipher. And it's made them, it's been harder for them to win games because now there's a there's a consistency year after year. There's going to be some opponents. They just play more. It used to be, Ryan, they'd go for 10 years, and the only teams they'd play more than, you know, two, three times is Notre Dame, Air Force, and Army. That's it. I mean, that, yeah. you know. So I think that's had a bigger impact on anything else, in my opinion. Which is kind of interesting because we just used Air Force as, like, the standard for option teams, and they are in a conference that hasn't hurt yeah. them much. But that's the thing is they're, they're, how they do it is so much different. They're, 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 I mean, because there's so much more versatility to how Air Force runs. I mean, they'll, they'll go shotgun. They'll like some of the stuff that Navy's now trying to do. Air Force, Air Force has been doing. They've been running power read for years, Ryan. I mean, this is they've they've implemented some spread concepts into their triple option, which to me makes them a lot harder to defend. In my view, there's just there's more things they can do to beat you. Where when Ryan and I talked about being, you take the fullback out, Navy can't beat you. I mean, they just can't. You can take the fullback out against Air Force and still give up 250 yards rushing because there's so much more they can do. And I think Navy's going to try to get there with Chestnut. It's just going to take some time. And uh, they're going to have to figure out a, a – and let's not also forget, the guy that won the quarterback starting quarterback job for them in the spring didn't play in this game. He was suspended because right. of an academic situation. So they they didn't play Notre Dame with their best quarterback either. So uh, I just just some things – I, do I think they're going to be a 10-11 win team every year again? They need a Malcolm Perry to do that. Uh, I, you know, but I still think they can be competitive at the FBS level. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We had a question from, I, I got a message from this person, Brian, is civil engineer. Okay. Oh, civil eng. All right. Not, not a question. Just wanted to thank you guys for your hard work and great podcast. I'm going through a super stressful work week, and your daily podcasts have been a good relief. I'm glad we could help you through that. Absolutely. 
It's civil engineering does sound like a very stressful. Yes. So a little bit more sure. than talking about Notre Dame, Tennessee state. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I would say so. And we want you to be so. good at your job. There's no doubt about that. So we'll do our best to help you help you get through it. So that's the uh, last couple here, Ryan. And then we're going to, we're going to get about, actually, let me just make sure there's no uh, super chats that have come in since. So just so you all understand the issue is why Ryan and I keep going out is we're kind of, we're kind of tag teaming going in and out because basically StreamYard is, jacked up today and it's not, not adding any new, new chats since we're in here. Yeah. so like right now my most recent chat or my comment is, is three twelve. now when i look at the live chat on the you know like i'll have over here open like i have our show open i'm seeing uh like a bunch of new comments that we don't have so we when we leave and come back it shows an updated thing but then it doesn't add new ones from the minute we get back so that's why we've been we've been going. It also doesn't tell me how many people are in here anymore, live, yeah. which is weird. So, oh yeah. yeah, I don't see it's that either. Yeah, it's just Streamyard. Yeah. I, we're we're gonna have to have some conversations about whether or not Streamyard's the 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 way that we're gonna we're gonna continue to go. But uh, yeah, it's what we're doing for now. So let's uh, let's get to this question from David, and then we're gonna wrap up with one more question after that. Sounds good. David Lowe's question: Do y'all guys think that the new clock benefits our offense since we have the ability? to run five deep backs. I don't know. I mean, part of me wants to say I would like more plays with five deep backs. Sure. You know what I mean? Like I want more opportunities to get those guys touches, not less. Right. Sure. But I mean, if anything, David, I would say that, that the new clock rules would help you more if you had less depth. Cause you could just kind of, you know, go a slower place, slower, slower pace team and, just milk the clock and get first downs and shorten the game. So, yeah. I I do think that it could help you, David, in a situation where if you're playing a really good football team, right, and you want to shorten the game a little bit, I think you would have the option to do that if you have the ability to run the football consistently. It could, right? But I think in most cases I do agree with Brian that, like, I don't think shortening the game is a necessity for Notre Dame all yeah. of the time, right? Like that's a Navy thing as far as like you're right. not as talented as that team. Right. You want to shorten the game. But if Notre Dame wanted to play at a slower pace and slow and and work the clock a little bit and and yes, I think the depth that running back could help because you're going to be probably more consistently be able to run the football because you're going to be able to try out strong legs consistently. Throughout Here's the, the problem. If that's your goal, you have a couple guys on there that are game breakers. Sure. You don't put Jerry Price and Jeremiah Love in there to milk the clock. And I'm not saying David said that. And that's kind of the interesting thing, though, Ryan, is like, you know, you and I had a very interesting conversation about the talent at running back before the show started. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, you know, what what having five deep at running back, what that allows you to do. And this is what I think is even the better point of what Ryan was making is you now have the athletes to put on the field against those teams to go toe to toe with those teams. Whereas like, Hey, I don't, I'm not worried about running about milking the clock. I'm worried about putting Jadarian price and Jeremiah love in there so we can hit a home run against Ohio state or USC or Clemson. Right. And then coming back with my hammer in in Audric and Jabron. Right. And cause that's the thing you saw on Saturday, Audric and Jabron kind of have their style and it's different, but in the same universe, and then Jadarian and Jeremiah kind of have a little bit of a different deal too, because they're just all about just, you know, all, what's the expression, all gas, no breaks, right? And I think I think it's the unique talent that you – know, so I, I think the the five backs helps you. I just think what helps you, it helps you not, not because of the clock rule, but because 
when you go play Ohio State, you've got five, you have four dudes and a really good veteran at running back. And you've got some depth at running back that can say, hey, look, you put Jadarian Price in the field against Ohio State, not because you're trying to milk the clock, but because you're thinking, if we hit, if we can open a hole for this guy, he's going to go. You put Jeremiah Love in the game, not because you're trying to milk, run the clock. It's because uh, we're going to try to get a crease here behind Blake and Rocco because we want this kid to take it to the house, right? That I mean, that's what you're trying to do uh, with the, the, the specific talent. So if you just get away from just the number of five and focus on the specific players we're talking about here, you're putting those guys in the field because they have some juice, not because you're trying to run the clock out, in my view. So it's a – man, it, it – and we were talking about it, and I won't say what Ryan said, and I agree with him, but he's like, here's the even crazier part. Like, next year, you get Kedron Young and Aeneas Williams are going to show up. <laughs> you know, it's just like, got to be kidding me. You, you know? You might, you might you might cycle out in Audrey Estime for Kedron Young and Aeneas yeah. Williams. Your, your depth might be more right. crazy next year. Even You're going to re- lose a great re- player maybe like re- Yeah, replace Audric and Devin Ford maybe with Kedron Young and Aeneas Williams. <laughs> And now Jabron's a year older, Jadaren's a year older, Jeremiah Love's a year older. It's yeah. nutty. It's really nutty. And then the fastest guy of all of them shows up in two years, you know, in Justin Thurman. <laughs> so true. Yeah. We're going to end with this one here, guys. So let's uh, let's talk a little Buckeyes with this last one. Blake Sofa says, I just joined and I'm not sure this was talked about. The focus is Tennessee State, but I think it's necessary to discuss quarterback situation in Ohio State. What's your opinion on what's going on? Well, I, I think what's going on is you had two good quarterbacks competing for a job. One, the older guy won it. The guy that started a game before, the guy that's a little bit more dependable, not as explosive, not as dynamic as Devin Brown, but a more de- dependable player. And, and Ryan, to me, when you've got the weapons that they have at Ohio State, I don't need a dynamic player at quarterback. I need a guy that's going to get the ball to my weapons with the right timing and they make the right decisions. That's what I think is sure. going on. And I think there's way too many Ohio State fans that are focused on whatever De- uh, Kyle McCord or Devin Brown did in the spring. I don't care. Do you remember how bad Justin Fields was in his first spring game at Ohio State? Wasn't he like three for 14, something That's silly so like that? I don't yeah. care. Do you remember how bad Deshaun Watt, Deshaun Kaiser had one of the worst quarterback performances in the spring game I've ever seen the year before he led Notre Dame to the Fiesta Bowl after Malik went down in game two? I just don't care. Kyle McCord knows how to run that offense. He's done it before. He's going to have phenomenal weapons. I think that's what's going on. Now, you also need to make sure Devin Brown is ready because if Kyle's not ready to be that guy, then you've got a really talented player that you can put in there. I think that's what's going on. I I don't think there's anything negative about it. I think there's a lot more being made of this, in my opinion, as if it's some kind of problem than I think that there should be. And the reason, I, you know, that that that's, but that's just my my focus on, Ohio, you know, thought, talking about Ohio State. From a Notre Dame standpoint, I don't care. We're gonna have three games to figure out what's going on at quarterback for them. That's just not right. a topic for me. Let's see what Kyle McCord does, right? Let's see what Devin Brown does when he gets in there. But I'm more worried about Marvin Harrison and Emeka Buka and Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams and Carnell Tate and Cade Stover. And I'm more worried about those guys than I am whoever's. At quarterback, I, I just know whoever's a quarterback, you need to put him on the ground. That's right. That's the thing for me. Yeah, I mean, it sounded like Kyle McCord was winning the quarterback battle in the spring, and then obviously Devin Brown got hurt down the stretch. But it, from the sounds of it, it sounds this offseason, Devin Brown had cut the gap, and they were kind of going back and forth. And mm-hmm. by all indications, everything that we've heard, or at least I've heard, 
that was a really split kind of quarterback decision. But yeah. obviously, Ryan Day opts for Kyle McCord in the first game. I think it'll be interesting right. to monitor because I think we all need to remember just because a guy is named the starter for game one does not mean that that is over with, right? right? Because Devin Brown is going to play in that game, according to Ryan Day. Because what did I say before the show started, Ryan? What was the question I asked you before the game? Is this their dude? Right, exactly. Or are they doing what Michigan did last year? With Cade uh, Cade McNamara starts in game one. And then Mm -hmm. J.J. McCarthy got game two, and then Jim was going to do this. We'll decide from there. Well, I can remember remember looking at the game, and I'm thinking – well, that's a little unfair, you know, when, right. when you when you look at it, because you're like, you know, game one is against Colorado State, who isn't good, but, you know, they're not, you know, they're not terrible, you know, and then the game two, I'm talking about defensively, and then game two, you're playing Hawaii. I'm like, man, Hawaii is terrible on defense. <laughs> like, yeah. you're letting him play against the worst team that you're going to play all year defensively. You know, we'll we'll find that out. We'll find that out. But look, if you're Kyle McCord, you got to look at it like this. I got my chance. Yep. Let me go see what I can do. If you're Devin Brown, so, you're going to say, hey, I'm going to get my, I'm, I, what I'm curious about is, does Devin Brown press at all? I was, this is what I was getting nervous about in these situations, right? Is Devin Brown going to press when he does get in there? Or are yeah. they going to have a package just to say, just be under control. Just, this is what we're going to do with you. Don't don't feel like you got to go make a play because if I'm if I'm at all you know in Dev if I'm in Devin's camp if I'm like his dad I'm like man I just hope he doesn't go in there and you know I got this series and I got to go win the job in one series don't put that kind of pressure on yourself just go play ball did, you know did you feel like Malik Zaire did that a little bit with that Deshaun oh, Kaiser situation that he straight yeah. pressed too much well yeah. especially since Deshaun went in there and led them down on a touchdown that very first drive now it's like Malik's yeah. not even not Malik's not just playing against Texas. He's playing against Texas and Deshaun. Yeah, and then he had like a three and out. And I think Deshaun yeah. scored again on the next drive yeah. after that. And it was just like, it was over. over with. <laughs> and, Malik's, and, and, and the thing is, too, they were running an offense that was geared more towards Deshaun than it was Malik. So it's like, you, 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 it was a rigged game, essentially, for me. With Devin Brown, are they going to put him in there? Because what the thing I keep reading about from Ohio State people and Ryan Day's comments is like, Devin Brown brings a, an athletic element to the table they haven't really had in a few years, you know, sure. like probably since since Justin Fields. And and there's some th- excitement about that, that dynamic ability, big arm, yeah, you know, I, athletic. I, I have heard that Ohio State is very high on Devin Brown. Yeah, because he's building, he's that so, he's the yeah. playmaker, but he's not consistent yet. And that's the thing is right. that's what you got away. Do I need a playmaker or do I need a guy that can just get the ball to my studs? And sure. that's that's the thing that's kind of weighing a little bit here. So for Devin Brown, it's just, dude, just do the little things. If you do right. the little things, that's going to be your shot to do it. But if you're Kyle McCord, same thing for you. Just do the little things. And that's what we're going to find out if he can do or not. But it's going to be interesting, Ryan. In uh, like, do, do they really want to be playing musical chairs at quarterback until they play Notre Dame? I don't think so. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe each quarterback will get an offensive coordinator to be his guy in the first couple there you of go. games. You know, Ryan, Ryan Hartley calls Ryan a place for, uh, for, for, uh, Devin Brown. Devin Brown and yeah. Yeah. You, you're see really which, upset about pairing, that, aren't you? Since, see which pairing works best. I just think it's stupid. Yeah. I just think it's dumb. Like quarterback battles. Cool. Position battles. Cool. You don't know who's going to call the plays game one a, a week before the game. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. It yeah. doesn't make any sense at all. What have you been doing all fall camp? Have you just been like one day it's 
Coach Hartline. The next day, it's Coach Day. Like, right. that's just too many voices, man. It's, way too it's many weird. Voices. It's just it's weird. It doesn't surprise me. I just kind of feel like, to a degree, Ryan Day is just kind of. There's no way he's going to give it up. Doesn't know the There's answer. No and he's just yeah. trying to figure out what the answer is. We'll see. I would be surprised if he gave it to Hartline and didn't have any. I don't know. I if really you're hardline, how do you respond to that? Like not right now. Now you just you're a good soldier and you do what you got to do. But what what are your thoughts in sure. the off season? If you're like, hold on a second, because if you if to me as an outsider, I look, I say, well, did he not believe in hardline? Did he think hardline couldn't he's, do the job? That's exactly, exactly what he's saying. He said he was going to yeah. let him take over. I mean, Archer, let me know if I'm wrong on this. I thought the intention was um, uh, Archer saying that Day said he's going to call plays. So. Looks oh, like Ryan really? Day is going to call. <laughs> nice, nice. So it's line. like, so Sorry, what does that buddy. say to Hartline? You said he was going to run the offense, and and now you're doing it. So what that basically says is he wasn't going to do a good job. I didn't believe in him. So dang man, dang. We'll was see. that the whole thing with like getting him a raise and everything this off season to make him the OC? Like, wasn't the yeah? Whole thing? Which like, tells me he never had any intention of doing it. He just did that nah, to make him. He so didn't want either. him to leave to go to Notre Dame. Basically, yeah, is what it comes I don't down think to. So either I don't yeah. think so either, man. Yeah. Yep. That'll be interesting. It's a weird situation, man. That's how you alienate coaches right there. Yeah. Like, that's, that's weird. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. It, yeah. He's, uh, is, I'm going to be very curious. This is a big season for Ohio State, man. It really is. I, I think this team is really talented. I, I do. There's two co- trouble spots, not trouble, two concerns quarterback and offensive line. But outside of that, man, like they're very talented. I mean, their secondary is not as good as some people make it out to be, but it's still talented. I mean, there's, You've still, I mean, Denzel Burke's overrated, but he's still good. You know, Lathan Ransom's a good player. If Josh Proctor's healthy, he's a good. And there's other kids battling for those jobs too. I mean, it's not just Jah- them. Per- apparently, Jihad Carter's going to start at the other yeah, safety. The, the, the kid from Syracuse. Syracuse. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's Proctor's a good football a player. They're so. just none of them are just none of them are dudes, right? But you know, linebacker, they've got good talent there. The young talent is even better. You know, they're just not as experienced. D line's got plenty of talent. This is a really talented Ohio State team. It's just, can they put it all together? That's going to be the question. And we're going to find out how important C.J. Stroud really was to that team last year, Ryan. We're going to find that out this year, too. Was he really the thing that made it all work, or is it really just a plug-and-play offense like some people think that it is? We're going to find out, because neither one of these guys are C.J. Stroud. And neither one of these guys are Justin Fields and Dwayne Haskins, in my opinion. Not yet. Not this year. They may be down the road. Devin Brown may be down the road. Who knows? But he's not going to be that guy this year in my opinion. At least I don't think he is. We'll find out. If he is, Ohio State's going to be really good again, yep. which I expect them to be. So anyway, well, that's it, Ryan. Why don't you go ahead and take us out of here, man? Yeah, we appreciate you all so much, and thank you for dealing with a little bit of the stream yard uh, tough yeah. circumstances, but we thank you all for being great troopers and sticking with us today. Before you leave, if you could please hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast, hit that notification bell, share with your friends. And if you missed our first portion of this podcast where we talk a lot about the Tennessee State matchup, both from the Notre Dame perspective and what Tennessee State brings to the field, make sure to go back and listen to that on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And while you're over there, five-star reviews are very much appreciated. Boards at irishbreakdown.com. We've been having a lot more features this offseason with the with this season officially underway so make sure to go sign up at boards at irishbreakdown.com and as always go irish from brian that's brian driscoll i'm ryan roberts we want to thank you all so much again for joining us today on the irish breakdown podcast